drop. Hey there, everyone. Christian Wynn here, the director of StoryFort. And you're listening to StoryFort Presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March, but this March, right now, in fact, we are not having the festival because of a thing called a global pandemic and public safety concerns. But in September of 2021, we are holding Story Fort and Tree Fort and all the forts. But hey, right now we're here to tell you about all things Tree Fort. And today we're going to be talking with Jenny Hurst and Jarell Benitez and Sonia Rosario. We're going to hear a bit from Ty Simpson and David Maxwell and about Joe Davidson, all people who are involved in the Turning Pages project. It's a series of BIPOC leaders presenting children's books that meant a ton to them. These are leaders in the Boise community, um, in the general area, and it's presented to K through sixth grade learners um, and teachers and parents and homeschoolers and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're just excited to have partnered with Jenny, who's really the brainchild behind the whole series. We're going to hear from her shortly, so I won't go into too much more other than to say we are so happy you're here. Turning Pages can be found on YouTube by searching Turning Pages Story Fort or Turning Pages Boise. And gosh, we hope you're doing well out there. We're hanging in there. We're making plans for September of 2021 and plans for March of 2022 when we reboot the festival back to its normal third week of March starting date. So enjoy this episode. We want to say thanks to Eavesdrop Studios who help us put this thing out in the world. And to Up Is The Down Is The Who offered up this wonderful theme music. And we want to thank you all for listening. We hope you're doing well, staying safe and thoughtful and kind. And enjoy this episode, Turning Pages and Story Fort. It's a good deal. Enjoy. A foundation still important today. The process of sharing words strung together that help point out the way. The many voices within each page. Turn pages from the past that resonate with you today. Turn pages today that create an escape within your mind. Turn pages that express a treasure within your tomorrow. Turn pages that hold a future for you to follow. We are Turning Pages. All right, Christian Wynn here, director of Storyport, and I'm here with Jenny Willison Hurst, who is one of our awesome collaborators, or actually the, we'll just call you the the emperor, the queen, <laughs> most definitely of turning pages. It's a really cool series, but uh, I don't know, we've, we've been partnering with you, um, I have at least been meeting with you since last summer, 2020, I think, when we met up safely distanced at a coffee shop and kind of hatched, or you had hatched a lot of this idea, but we sort of started to get to it. But turning pages, um, tell us a little bit about that in your mind, the, the genesis of it, but also just who you are in the community and what you do as an educator and someone in the faith community and all that. 
Yeah, you. absolutely. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm a part-time Title I paraprofessional at Taft Elementary School, and I'm also a part-time associate pastor at Collister United Methodist Church. Um, it's just this unique pairing of professions and callings. Um, it allows me to do um, some bridging work that the church is called to do, but also partnering with people that are already doing that work in the community. So I've lived in Boise for about 24 years, recently been remarried to Mark, and together we've got five adult kids. Um, wow. So that's a little little snapshot. But uh, yeah, this has uh, been just an amazing collaborative effort uh, with some unique partnerships, um, the unfolding of, and collaboration of the community from uh, faith communities um, to elementary schools, to StoryForge, to rediscovered books, to local businesses. Uh, it's just been amazing to witness it all and just all the people who want to be part of elevating Boise's diverse leaders and the books they love. And so um, Turning Pages, wow, it was, just, it was born, as you said, towards the end of last summer. And uh, it started as just this result of uh, a great partnership that my church has with Taft Elementary. Um, over the past several years, we've been included in some of the great work that they're doing there with the students. And this fall, we were brainstorming about how we could support our school in the midst of such a challenging school year when much of the instruction would be done online. And so from there, the conversation went to literacy and how this is just such a justice issue and will be even more challenging for many of our Title I students. Um, there was this new Netflix series that came out last summer, um, right. seemed to be such a positive step, you know, in the direction. Um, it was featuring Black celebrities, reading books by Black authors, and connecting their experience with the stories that they read. And so we talked about how perhaps some of our Title I kids wouldn't have access to that series. And so we were like, well, why don't we make our own? And we'd feature local BIPOC leaders reading stories. Um, I'd just record it on my iPhone, upload it to YouTube, and we'd share this with the TAP teachers and librarian. So awesome. yeah, and I, you know, I talked with some of my friends in the BIPOC community just to see if they thought this was a good idea. And also with the principal at Taft, uh, Tim Lowe, and some of the teachers there. And we just received a thumbs up to create something like this. Well, awesome. Yeah, we can hear all the things turning pages moving forward. One of the cool things we're going to do today is we're going to have three of the participants, the readers, artists, leaders from our community, who are going to join us. Yeah, I mean, Jenny, in... Um, like a, a nutshell, in you know, a thumbnail sketch, how do you describe to people, what's your like elevator pitch of, you know, turning pages? Yeah, this is a, a series that's been created for elementary students to elevate BIPOC voices in the Boise community and the stories they love. Gosh, how has it been received out there? I mean, you see, I'm thinking positive. It seems like a very, in our community, as far as this for story for it, which we generally, you know, sort of work with, uh, adult storytelling a little more we do partner with like kid for it at uh at tree for it for some uh, you know the younger set but you know, i'm a little bit distanced from well literally distanced these days from kids in that 
kind of K through sixth grade and teachers from that K through sixth grade community. So how's that been out there? What were they saying? Well, we've received just some great feedback and also um, some constructive feedback from the teachers and librarians who are actually doing um, the work of showing the episodes and then the associated art lessons that go along with it. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I, I of course, get a, a bird's eye view um, being part of the Taft Elementary community. I get to see, you know, the kids in action working on the art projects um, and the stories that are read and just seeing the artwork that's hung throughout the hallways and in the classrooms. Uh, so it's, it's pretty neat to see it happening in real time. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and Sonia? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, welcome into the Zoom conversation about turning pages here. So thank you. Yeah, so when we first met last summer, um, met regarding turning pages, which didn't even have a title yet, we were looking for BIPOC leaders in the community and like people like Sonia Rosario, who's who I'd worked with at Radio Boise and just in the community as an as an artist as a activist as a, a writer so um like but how'd you guys get together in the first place well let me let jenny do that introduction because i think she she'll do a better job than me jenny do you want to share how you came about calling me and reaching out well sure and i'm not so sure i'd do a better job of that but i can definitely tell you kind of the background you know as, as christian and i met uh to kind of discuss different um, individuals that might be part of Turning Pages, uh, your name came up and I was so grateful to get a chance to meet you. And really, we were looking for a diverse group of leaders in our community that would represent the faces of kids who will be hearing these stories and just be encouraged by your personal stories and also how it links to a book that you would read to them. So sort of this idea that uh, a children's story can often create a character or a situation that we identify with and then how that translates into the classroom. And so um, I was excited to invite you to be part of it. And um, of course, we're really excited when your when your episode does air later next month. Thank you. I, I want to thank Christian for telling you about me because <laughs> I didn't know how you got my name, you know, but it's exciting and I loved it. And I really loved uh, the filmmakers being here. I really did. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about uh, your history as a filmmaker, as an activist, as a writer, um, just as a, you just, you know, doing some cool stuff in our community for, for quite some time now, which is great, but let's hear about your story a little bit. Well, you know, I'm a military brat, and I've lived in three different countries. I grew up in the Netherlands. I grew up in Italy, and I grew up in the Azores on an island in the North Atlantic Ocean. And so that gave me a different perspective of the world. I mean, I got to meet children from all walks of life, religions, uh, ethnic backgrounds, uh, different languages. But as a child, I stuttered. And my mother was a lioness. She was very, I was an only daughter. So she wasn't going to let anybody uh, bully me or tease me or make fun of me. But there was no way, there was no way around it. I was going to be bullied one way or another, and I was. The first military base that I went to, an Aviano Air Force Base, I got beat up by three girls on the playground oh. because I, I, I couldn't speak, and they thought I was being rude. They thought I was being snobbish and unfriendly, but I kept silent, and I got beat up. I got beat up. 
And from that life lesson, I learned to, even till this day, I pace my language. I pace myself. Because sometimes those old childhood memories, they come back up. You can't help them. You come back up. You know, I belong to a group of women filmmakers. I became a filmmaker. And I belong to a group of women filmmakers out of Los Angeles. Now, these are very prominent women filmmakers. These are women that have been nominated for an Academy, an Emmy. And you're, you stand in that group of women and then you hear their story that they have dyslexia and that they have stuttered, uh, that they have been bullied. And you find yourself with these powerful women that you have a lot of relationship to and that you grow from your life lessons. You grow from your, your past and your memories. And um, I never went to film school because nobody told me I could become a filmmaker. My mother said, be a teacher or a nurse or a social worker. Those were the three those were the three categories that I was given, a teacher, a social worker, or a nurse, because those were really respected in my community, highly respected. What they do but when you became I, a filmmaker? How, how did that transition go? Oh, my gosh. I was invited by Roseanne Abrahamson, the lateral descendant of Sacagawea, invited me. And this is a true story. And sometimes when she and I get together, we can't stop laughing. She invites me to film her at the breaking ground, the groundbreaking of the Sacagawea Museum. And so I show up with my VHS camcorder, Panasonic camcorder. But hmm. she thinks I have this elaborate camera. I have hmm. mics. I have lighting. I don't have any of it. I only have a giant camcorder to film this beautiful descendant to Sacagawea and all her regalia. Wow. And she says to me, are you going to mic me? And I said, <laughs> mic you? You're going to scream into the camera because I had no mics. And to this day, we just, we have a giggle. We have a laugh because that's how I began my oh. film career. That's awesome. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in speaking to like this back to this series a little bit, I mean, that's a breakthrough moment. You as somebody who was beat up as a kid for stuttering or for being kind of a quote unquote outcast and whatnot. I mean, I haven't listened to the entire audio yet because your episode hasn't aired, but I think I got a clip or two. But I mean, what's the message you would want to bring like to a kid listening to this? I mean, I know the book you chose has a pretty like no BS titles is just ask, be brave, be different, be you. But I don't know. What would you say to that kid out there? You know, um, I believe that I believe that no man is an island that you have to reach out just as I have reached out to you, Christian, to help me with my new foundation. You have to ask for help. You have to seek out those that you respect and admire um, that are going to give you the best advice that are going to guide you, that are going to be a strong friend and ally. Uh, no one can do it by themselves. I discourage anyone to say that they can do it alone. They cannot. You have to have reinforcements. 
I came across a little girl by the name of Mayoshi who defended me that day when she found me in the bathroom crying because I was beat up. And she said, show me who beat you up. We went out there. I pointed to the girl and she said, okay, we're going to have to deal with this tomorrow. No ifs and buts. Get it done. But pick the right people to support you. Don't do it by yourself. Seek help. Seek advice. Tell somebody. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's not exactly one-to-one, but it's a little, there's some threads, I think, Jenny, into like what you're doing with the series. I mean, um, because people, you and I, those on the podcast, Jenny and I are are Caucasian individuals and being advocates and being like sort of wanting to help as best we can, you know, we're not, it's difficult. I think you would probably agree, Jenny, I was going a little bit like, okay, so we want to help raise, elevate voices and create, you know, sort of empathy and understanding and, you know, raise people's narratives who don't, especially, especially in the Boise community and Idaho community oftentimes don't get heard. And I don't know, I mean, asking for help, I think from people like you, Sonia, and others in this series has been really empowering i mean i know that the series title came from but one of our friends lita yep. newhauser um has been, you were sourcing a lot of folks to help and i guess how did that process go for you or maybe what was your jenny like you're thinking as you sort of built this out yeah you know it was just i mean as you said i mean the goal the goal of this is in highlighting voices and faces that are diverse in boise and inviting folks like uh, Sonia to share their experiences or their challenges or fun things they like to do when they were kids, um, all while connecting their experiences to books they love and the importance of, of literacy. And so the episodes have exceeded every possible expectation. Uh, the leaders have hit upon such powerful themes for our elementary students. Uh, we've had themes such as um, role models, um, who their role models were and how they now want to be a role model in the lives of others and s- chose a career to do that. Leaders who share about the importance of story uh, and how important uh, how that helps you know collect connect all of us and helps us also be mindful of the story we're leaving for future generations. Uh, we have leaders who talk about challenging childhood experiences and seeking to find the good in people and in every situation. Uh, one young leader who speaks about the grit she needed to be a young woman of color who wanted to grow up to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leaders who encourage kids to never give up on their dreams. Um, Sometimes life doesn't unfold the way you think it's going to. And then, you know, as Sonia just shared, um, you know, the the challenges of overcoming a disability and the importance in asking for help. So, you know, without fail, these diverse leaders that we've invited to be part of Turning Pages have offered a a different theme with with each episode, just by us asking questions to share about their lives, share about their stories, share about themselves as a kid. Yeah, that's been so cool to to hear. And I'd hope Jarrell um, Benitez, who's a young African-American filmmaker, and we're hoping to get him on, but wonderfully, he's a young guy, gets out there apparently plays football on Sundays when the sun's out like this, and he turned his ankle today, so we're getting him he did. Slightly injured, possibly, but hopefully he'll join us. But I'm super curious, yeah, how you connected with him, too, and, and his, well, it's not only him, but well, he's one of the, the the folks who founded 1810 Media. How you sort of have that relationship sort of come to pass, Jenny? 
Yeah, well, it's kind of about, you know, if I, you know, circling back to how this all began, um, as word started to spread that we wanted to do something like this, um, it, you know, it became obvious that I could no longer just use my iPhone to record these stories. And more schools and people wanted to be involved, and also more faith communities wanted to be involved. And so we wanted to eventually, um, it became clear that we needed to hire a videography company. And so we searched in the community to find BIPOC-owned business, and Jarrell, who's president of um, 1810 Media, called me up, and you know, really from the get-go, we had just a great conversation about the vision of this project, and he really began to drive um, a lot of the themes and a lot of what was going to be happening in these episodes. You know, we we didn't really have a budget for any of this. As I mentioned, we were just going to use my iPhone, which is, you know, which is free. And so um, I reached out to the faith communities who wanted to be part of an effort like this. And so we have like now, you know, Presbyterians and Lutherans and Methodists, the Jewish synagogue, the Unitarians, the Islamic Center. Everybody wanted to be part of funding this and doing the heavy lifting of making this available, um, you know, financially heavy lifting um, for the community, for all the Title I schools. And in addition to that, faith communities also sponsored a Title I school so that each of the schools now have a set of the books that each of the leaders read from or share from. Uh, So that was kind of the background of another unique partnership. You know, we've got faith communities working with StoryFor, with rediscovered books, with businesses, but ultimately it's all now driven by 1810 Media, which is just a a new, fairly new company in the Boise area. And I I can't wait for Jarrell to share a little bit more about his vision and, uh, you know, the projects they've been part of. Yeah, it's been cool to to be able to see that all come to pass. And you've been on kind of behind the scenes a little bit more than I. I've been to, you know, a small handful of the filming, but, but yeah, it's, it's cool to see these young guys, you know, putting this whole, this product together. And um, I, I'm curious, I guess, on that front too, I'm not, it's not quite 1810 Media, but this, you mentioned Rediscovered Books and kind of what, I mean, they're one of our partners and they're one, obviously a, our, our main Boise indie friends for Storyboard and for so many, you know, literary events around um, Boise in the Valley. Um, and this is part of the world, but what are they offering these schools or kind of, I mean, in some of these books, I mean, how can folks get a hold of the titles through them? Or if you're a school out there, you're someone in a school, a teacher or a, an administrator, and you wanted to sort of reach out and pick up some of these books that are being talked about. What do you yeah. know about Rediscovered? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Rediscovered Books is offering uh, a 10% discount to any of the books that are featured in the Turning Pages episodes. They have a list, and I believe it's on their website, but they do have uh, bookmarks that we've created that they're passing out to people as they come into uh, the um, Rediscovered Books. All of the school principals have the list of books that are available as well. Yeah, and maybe, Sonia, on this, since we still have you on here, um, how did you go about selecting the book you did? Just ask, be brave, be different, be you. It's, it's this, uh, yeah, I'm just curious about the, about the story behind the story on that one. Well, Sonia Sotomayor is one of my favorites. And of course, we have the same name. Right. Why wouldn't I choose this brilliant woman? You know? mm-hmm. It's really interesting because I was actually going to talk about diabetes because as a child, I was diagnosed with diabetes. 
But the stuttering has always actually been the top story. My mother used to take me on long drives. And instead of buying me candy, she would take me to a a neighborhood called Alamo Heights in San Antonio, Texas, where they had houses that resembled many castles. I'd sit in, uh, next to her and I would look at these beautiful houses and my mother would point out to each house, which house was mine? Which house did oh, I want cool. to live in? Which house belonged to me? Before, visual, before visualization and guided imagery was even a, hmm. a new age item to talk about, my mother was already doing it. And so um, because I didn't speak much, I stuttered very badly and it took years for me to get over that and even now sometimes as an adult if i get overly anxious or Mm -hmm. i'm I'm interviewing somebody that i'm nervous with i have to take deep breaths and i have to remember that i'm not that child anymore i'm not stuttering anymore but it's okay to make your mistakes that's the human part of me i will always have that and I do not see it as a disability, as, as it was signified and defined as. I see it today as um, it gave me every opportunity to listen to those who are speaking and get to know them better. That's awesome. And you feel like the book um, that you selected speaks to that pretty directly. So oh, Yeah. I know. That's very cool. And um, gosh, I guess we can, you know, sort of get into some of the other books that have been selected. But uh, I don't know, Jenny, maybe I'll ask you this. If you had to be, you know, sort of asked to be like picking out a book that had a a bunch of influence on you as a kid in that age group. I was trying to think because, you know, we're asking people to do this. It would be kind of a tough choice for me. not having kids personally. Um, so I haven't done a lot of like reading to children outside of a couple of teaching experiences, but I've got a couple ideas. You said you have five now, five adult children maybe, or, <laughs> but you know, in the household. But uh, for you, like, what are some of your favorites that kind of influenced you? Wow. I mean, I, I guess the first thing that popped into my head was To Kill a Mockingbird, yes. uh, mm-hmm. which was, you know, later elementary, junior high for me. But uh, it seems like that's been a, a go-to book for me as my kids grew up, uh, when I was teaching in the classroom, um, and just, I still kind of go back to that book every once in a while. It seems like that had the most influence on me. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorites, too, and I do remember The Outsiders was one of mine, too, as he hinted. It was sort of like, yeah, I was not, I didn't grow up as like a a greaser or a a jock or whatever (laughs) the socials, I guess they called them, but, you know, it was this really kind of edgy book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had dreams of being a greaser, but uh, <laughs> for a while there. Um, but yeah, no, that was a that was a little bit, you know, skewing maybe towards seventh grade or so. But uh, right. and all that, and yeah, Lord of the Flies, I remember that quite well too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just even where the wild things, oh, are, yeah. that was one of my favorites. Is like more, you know, your picture book style. But yeah, it's a tough, tough, you know, sort of thing to to ask. I know that's the 
leaders um, have picked more contemporary books, you know, that they are really, they really admire, but some of them picked, you know, some people that some authors that they know or ones that were really a big influences as their kids and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really cool variety. And yeah, I think you did such a wonderful job curating this, Jenny. Um, I guess, you know, I was able to help a little steer people, you know, your way here and there, Absolutely. but, but just as a really interesting balance of, you know, we have, um, you know, Sheree Buckner Webb, you know, Senator, um, now retired senator who's like a fifth generation Idahoan, as well as. Yeah, we have individuals who yeah. came to Boise through refugee resettlement. Mm -hmm. uh, we have individuals who are uh, business owners, who are musicians, who are activists. Uh, we have a police officer. So we've got just like this whole breadth of faces and voices that represent Boise's diverse community. Yeah, which is great. I mean, and people that I, you know, had not heard of, like Detective Dave Thomas, it's it's very cool to get a, a, a voice from the the BPD on there and just sort of, you know, someone like Life. Um, Life Alunga. Their story is really inspiring as well. And just yeah, getting digging deeper into like yours as well, Sonia. Super cool to have seen like all these voices emerge. And I guess, yeah, we're, you know, what are some other things you would love people to know, Jenny, about this series? And well, we could talk about even a little bit of the artwork and some of the music involved. David, yeah. who's who also has kids who probably are wanting to play outdoors on the nice uh, first <laughs> real spring day we've had here. One of the few spring days thus far but i mean it's how some of that stuff came together or just other things you'd like to you know give shout outs to about the series sure you know um and i'll let david speak to the music when he uh when he connects with us uh, but i can speak with the to the art lessons so wendy blickenstaff who is a member of my church and part of the turning pages genesis she was part of the ministry team back in the fall that we as we were brainstorming this she's an artist and an art educator and she created the idea to um, develop integrated art lessons with each episode. So she writes lesson plans so that teachers can see the supplies needed, but then she records the lesson and those are also, those uh, videos are posted with each episode. So it's uh, found on the uh, YouTube channel. But another really cool thing is that she has started working with a class of pre-service art educators at Boise State to give them the experience of writing lesson art lesson plans and recording these lesson plans. Uh, so they watch the episode of the leader. Usually we give them sort of the raw footage of it. And, um, and they also read the books that the leaders are, you know, sharing. And then with Wendy's supervision, they have just this awesome opportunity to create a meaningful lesson for a Turning Pages episode. So you'll hear, um, as you watch the art lessons, you'll hear both Wendy's voice, but you'll also hear the voices of some Boise State students who are uh, you know, creating the art lessons. That's cool. You have an example or two. I saw some masks involved, a crown involved, a couple of other things. But yeah, what else are what, what are they putting together for these lessons? Yeah, so uh, let's see. Episode three was Fazia Adan, and she read the story or read from the story, The Proudest Blue, which is about a young girl and her first day at school wearing her hijab. And so the artwork in the book actually um, resembles kind of this this ocean and this boat on the ocean and really understanding who you are and that kind of representing the boat like as you go through the ocean of life and so those that imagery was very present in the story and so the art lesson is creating with uh, kind of tempera paints 
this ocean that um, is kind of this 3D effect, Mm -hmm. uh, but then also folding these paper boats, but inside the paper boats, you're you're scripting those things that are important to you, those things that you um, know about yourself, know to be true, so that when the seas start getting rough, you still are holding on to those things that that you uh, make you special and make you you. So um, some of the teachers kind of adapted that in different ways. Uh, The younger uh, classrooms, they actually made a a template of a boat that they could write those words on and place them on the sea. And then the older um, elementary students were able to fold those boats and place them on the sea. So that's just one one example. Yeah. Well, why don't also what we get to do here is we get to patch in some of the the audio from the series, um, including uh, Fazia's who we'll give you right now. So here is, you know, a follow-up to some of these art descriptions that Jenny elucidated. Here we go. Here I'm going to share with you a book called The Proudest Blue by Ibtihaj Muhammad. This book is about, you know, a story about hijab and family. Um, For me as a child, I've never had to go through the transition of not wearing the hijab and then going to first day of hijab because I've always, you know, as far as I can remember, I've always worn the hijab. So this was, you know, a lot of um, young uh, hijabi girls can relate to this book because of, you know, they have their first day of hijab as, uh, you know, maybe middle school, the first day of middle school, you go in with your hijab and now, you know, you're a hijabi. On this page, it talks about, you know, the kids whispering about the main character in the book and, you know, the little sister says the first day of wearing hijab is important mama had said it's it means being strong and then she says asia's hijab isn't a whisper you know it's very important we learn about the different things around us so that you know you know we don't have to say what's that on her head or you know is that a tablecloth you know if kids are exposed to this earlier and knowing that okay this is a hijab there's a religious purpose behind it and you know they were this person wears it because of reason why z and all these things kids will be more openly say oh i know that that's a hijab you know you know wouldn't have to feel so uncomfortable in some senses and then Faiza, her younger sister you know the other character in the book wouldn't have to worry about you know my sister isn't you know i i need to go see my sister smile you know i'm hearing all these people whispering about a hijab or i'm hearing that little kid saying oh i'm gonna pull that thing off your hair you know she shouldn't have to feel that way you know she should be able to feel comfortably say oh that's my sister she's wearing the hijab Next year, I'll be old enough and I'm going to start wearing the hijab. You know, she shouldn't get the fear of not wearing the hijab or getting judged because, okay, what's that on your head? Or trying to answer all these questions that sometimes it's like, of course, this is not a tablecloth. But for a kid, you know, he might not know any better. But if they're exposed to it, as I said, it would make a lot of difference in, you know, how even the kids engage at a younger age and being more open to different cultures and different settings in that sense. My name is Fuzia Adan. I loved reading The Proudest Blue, and this is my story. You want to tell us a touch about Fazia too? Like, what's her story? Yeah, so Fazia came uh, to us um, from Somalia. Um, she was 
um, late or actually early teenager. And, you know, in her in her episode, she shares about wanting to go to school, uh, but it wasn't really an, an option for her before she came to Boise. Um, you know, in, in many situations, one has to pay to go to school. And so sometimes there's a choice that needs to be made about who, who goes to school and who is unable to. So she really shares about how excited she was to finally be able to be part of a school once she came to Boise. And not only that, that she just recently graduated from Boise State and what that meant for her and for her family. Um, so she graduated in uh, with a degree in public health. Yeah, she's just um, a, a beautiful example of what a what a wonderful part of our community um, mm-hmm. bringing folks in from other places can be just a sharing Absolutely. her. Oh, that's great. I know. I know. It's been cool just to just meet her via the video for me and just to see what she brought this program as well as just to the community in general. And now, yeah, I mean, Ty Simpson is somebody who's has been a real awesome force in our community, in the state, someone Sonia you worked with. I'd love to like air a little bit of her stuff here in a few minutes, but maybe give us a rundown. Maybe tell us a good Ty story. Um oh, man. <laughs> that you think would be okay for, you know, that she'd be down with either of you, you know, um, hop in and, and I know that I got to know Ty just from working with Story for it over. It was going to happen in March of 2020 is when I first met her in the run up to that. But uh, since then, we've had some cool connections through through this series as well as a, this podcast and other things. But what do you, what do you know about this Ty Simpson? Well, I could I could speak to just a few things about her episode in general. Um, Jarrell and then Mike, who's Jarrell's associate, um, and I. After we viewed the episode, we were like, oh my gosh, there's like three episodes in here. She just had mm. so many wonderful gifts for the listener. Um, including this idea of the principle of seven generations and just talking about what she's been able to bring forward from her ancestors to make her who she is, the story that she's learned from her ancestors, but then also that she's mindful of what story she will leave for her descendants. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, That little nugget right there, um, you know, not only is it powerful for kids to hear that, that, yeah, this this isn't all about you, but it's important for adults to hear that, too. Like, I keep coming back to that concept from Ty's episode. And she also talks about story and the power of telling your story, that not only do we connect with others that way, but there is like an empathy that surrounds us when we listen to someone else's story and we find connection as humans. And um, no longer are we able to like otherize somebody when we understand or hear their story and they hear our story. So she mm-hmm. had just some wonderful, wonderful images and, and, and messages in her episode. Absolutely. We'll get to listen to a little snippet here in a sec. But Sonia, do you have a little, I know you've worked with Ty in the past. Yeah, yeah. I've known Ty for many, many years. I knew her as a young girl when she first came to Boise. You know, I hang, I'm a different generation from Ty. So my relationships is with older um, Native American women, but who also know Ty. And I can only say that Ty is a wonderful, wonderful, I saw her at TED Talks, a wonderful storyteller. I love, I love her expression. Her presentation is very, very connected to her inner, to who she is 
as a young woman, as black and as Native American, combining these two very historical figures in Idaho and in this country. So it's a beautiful, it's, it's the way she connects in her story to either culture. And she has the, the best of both worlds, really. I mean, being an indigenous woman from the Nespers tribe, from Chief Joseph, I yeah. mean, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty powerful. And then as an African-American father, as an African-American woman, as a black woman, and as a feminist, and as a, as a community activist. Those are Absolutely. very telling. And I think that um, we're just going to hear more about Thai as, as the years go by. There's going to be more and more coming from them. I have not filmed Thai because um, after the Sofa Diaries, I went and had fun in California, and I was coming back to film other women, and then I got super sick. But right. Thai is one of the women that will be sitting on the sofa hopefully in the near future. Awesome. That's great, yeah. So we can listen to a little tie right here. The book that I wanna share with y'all, um, Little Leaders, uh, Bold Women in Black History. Um, one of my favorite heroes of all time is Dr. Angela Davis. And I've been reading and following her since I was your age, since I was very, very young. And Angela Davis was born in 1944 and she's still alive. Um, and I was able to, and am able to take classes from her still, to watch her videos, to see webinars of her, because she's continuing to teach it to continue and continues to inspire all of us to be good activists and good organizers. So a, seg a segment of this, uh, of her biography reads, in college she majored in philosophy and was a student under a famous German thinker. She says that he taught her that she could be an academic and a scholar, as well as an activist and a revolutionary. The reason that applies to me is because I'm an activist and a scholar and an academic. I'm a big nerd and I love books and I can be both and do both. Angela, Dr. Angela Davis does the same thing. One of the favorite quotes that I love for her is written on the illustration. I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. So in my work, I address justice, I address violence, I address racism and oppression, and those are things that I do not accept in our community, and so those are the things that I work very, very hard to change, and I take my guidance and inspiration from Dr. Angela Davis. In my community, because I'm a storyteller, it's always important for me to tell people that the stories that I carry are not my own. They are passed generation to generation from my ancestors, uh, and the stories that I'm creating and writing in my own life belong to my descendants. And what that means is that the way that I'm living my life in a good way, doing good work, treating people uh, with respect and with love, means that my descendants, whoever tells the story of my life in the future, um, will tell a good story. And I hope that for all of you. I hope that you grow up treating each other with love and with justice and with equity, um, so that whoever talks about you five and six generations into the future will be telling a good story about you. That was Ty Simpson, fantastic. And why don't we like pivot a little bit to talk about, I mean, we've talked about David and uh, Jason D's work a little bit with the theme song. Um, Jason D laid down the tracks, 
David wrote the lyrics and the spoken word sort of thing. We played at the beginning, I shouldn't say a thing, but a really cool song. And then the outro part of each episode is like the longer version that you'll get at the end of this podcast episode, but also just when you watch and listen to the Turning Pages episodes on YouTube, which we'll tell you a little bit more about in a second. But part of YouTube's look has has been developed by our man Joe Davidson, who is a storyboard assistant director, also cool guy animator and um, YouTube aficionado. He really helped us kind of navigate to the YouTube verse, I guess we'll call it that. Um, but he did all the really cool like intro animation and his, his um, I guess his handle slash his, his artist name is Badnik, B-A-D-N-I-K. But yeah, Jenny, like, that was really a cool, I don't know, collaboration because a couple things sort of fell by the wayside as we were getting ready to get ready to launch and all of a sudden we're like joe you know you're you're good you know how to do this can you help us out and he stepped up but maybe describe that for a sec or kind of what how that all came together jenny he totally stepped up yeah i mean with with any grassroots kind of a project you know there's just like so many moving parts so many unknowns and the original vision for the introduction was, uh, you know, came from Jarrell as far as having kind of this animation and this real kid-friendly, you know, hooky kind of grab for kids who are going to start watching the episodes. Uh, But we ran out of choices, ran out of... uh, Ran out of time for an animator as as the episodes were supposed to start to drop. And so Joe, who had already agreed to help us create the YouTube channel, he happens to be an animator. So he agreed to take on this vision and create the opening um, opening introduction. And it's pretty phenomenal. I have no idea how many late nights were involved in creating that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, it's, it's great. And I, and I love that he, he kind of carried the torch from what had, uh, had been an, an, uh, an initial idea from Jarrell. That's awesome. And speaking of Jarrell, look who's going to join us in two seconds. Hey, welcome Jarrell. Jarrell Benitez of 1810 Media has joined us after a a, a rigorous football game, I understand. How are you feeling? My ankle hurts pretty bad, but I am 26 and my I'll be okay. Okay. (laughs) From the injured reserve, but you're you're here. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, the project for you through 1810 Media and kind of some of your thoughts as a, you know, the the guy behind the camera, one of the guys behind the camera, and kind of what the look is you, you wanted to bring to this to this series. Um, you have another filmmaker on with us with with Sonia, and so you know maybe Sonia have a follow up on the on the film side. But Jarell, give us your take on on the series and you know all its incarnations. When the whole George Floyd thing was going on, um, there was a a Black Lives Matter Boise page was created through Instagram. And um, they were heavily trying to promote some black business and they had a spreadsheet that was going around town. I looked at it, I filled it out. And one of Jenny's colleagues actually got in touch with me through the spreadsheet. And she said she has some stuff to do with her, her, um, with her art studio. But right now due to COVID, they're kind of pushing it back. But Jenny was working on a project 
and they wanted to use a black owned media business and just so be it that, you know, I guess fate, you know, kind of worked its way where I, I didn't have to put, you know, my name on the spreadsheet, but I did. And they came to me, to us and explained the vision. And I said, it's absolutely what we can do. And I think with going in the direction with what the, the story, the turn of pages is about, I think being black and giving my insight on certain things kind of helps um, because I get to see from a, I grew up in Yonkers, New York, and I witnessed a lot of stuff firsthand as far as I didn't witness too much racism, but I did witness a lot of police brutality and things like that and everything. So I'm also new to Idaho five years ago. So coming to a new place, you know, being an outsider where it's not now it's growing, but not too much culture, you know, at the time of arrival, you know, mm -hmm. so kind of give my insight on that. I think turning pages is great, especially with how it's going to be mimicked as far as what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So Michael Goward, he's other, he's the videographer on the project that, um, that edits the videos and, uh, him and I talk, I give him creativity to, you know, do a lot and then we'll just sit down and plan stuff. So that way, you know, if Jen likes something, she already knows she can just text us on a group text message. Hey, can you change this? Can you change that? So that's kind of what we do. I think turning pages, I think as the kids grow older and they may take a look back at this, they'll be like, wow, it's one of those things where I don't have to be afraid and I don't have to be afraid to take, take that step, you know, cause there's only so many opportunities that come through, that comes, that comes in life. And if you're scared to spread your wings, you might spread yourself short mm -hmm. and you don't want to do that. So I think turning pages, especially with the message that you guys want to bring on. I think it's absolutely amazing. That's awesome. I mean, you're a young man still, as we've just heard, but I mean, growing up in something like Yonkers, was there any kind of programs that you kind of, I don't know, thought about yes. your own youth that you wanted to bring to this? Um, obviously, we know that, you know, we're talking to some kids, you know, elementary school students and stuff like that. So I think kind of the message that should be portrayed to them is to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, because we're all going to face adversity, obstacles. The best thing to do with this generation, that I think with the generation that I grew up in that failed was leadership. I didn't have a whole lot of role models. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a, in a place where it was an inner city. There was a bunch of different neighborhoods throughout the city. And a lot of them didn't like one another, you know, and mm -hmm. I was one of the neighborhoods who many neighborhoods didn't like. Uh, that's where I grew up with. I just, I mean, it's, it's not my choice. But as far as role models, I think that's one of the biggest things that this, the turning pages is. It's allowing people to see role models that they might not see or hear from on a daily basis. Because I think that's huge in a, in, a, in a child's development as far as we the, them just growing up, learning. I think turning pages is really bringing forth role models for these kids to see and to look up to and to say, wow, these guys went through adversity. They went through, you know, their, their issues. And a lot of people walk the same path, but everybody has different journeys. Mm -hmm. So 
I think having great role models is is key for uh, turning pages with the leaders that's reading, and that's exactly who they are. So I think that's a great message because we need a lot more role models in this world, and I think turning pages is knocking the door down with that. That's cool. That 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 feels good to hear for sure. I mean, Jenny, what do you think about? that sentiment and kind of uh, oh absolutely and you know from my first conversation Jarrell with you gosh it was I don't know how many months ago now um I knew, <laughs> I knew that uh that you were the right guy and your company was the right company to collaborate and to produce all of this uh your perspective is invaluable um but Jarrell's Jarrell's creativity and just can-do spirit um has just kept the momentum going on this project you know d- doing something like this in the season of COVID is a little crazy, let's face it. Mm. But, um, and then just coordinate everybody's schedules from the leader's schedules to all of our schedules, part of the, you know, the team, um, you know, was challenging at times. But um, just having Jarrell's leadership and perspective and vision uh, really has made Turning Pages um, such an amazing project. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely has enhanced so much. I mean, I've, you, you guys have been dealing um, with each other a little more um, closely than I have. But when I pop in and hearing, you you know, sort of all this from both of you in different meetings and everything as we move forward with this project, it, it is pretty, it's just special. It's really cool. Um, and and I, Christian, I wanted to just invite Jarrell. If, um, if Jarrell, Jarrell, can you share a little bit about how you came upon the name 1810 Media? Because that really kind of, that really kind of resonates with me. It's so, all right, it's a funny story. We was living, I was living near the airport and we was doing some media stuff up for fun and stuff like that. And we was like, you know what, let's kind of start a, media business and you know kind of do it our way and you know i'll figure out how we kind of want to go about you know because at this point i'm new i'm not super great with certain things and you know so when you're starting out something new you gotta you gotta you gotta learn it especially if you don't learn it learning a new skill as you go i worked on trying to build a team of guys who i can work with collectively and trust and as long as they buy in you know to the idea it, it works. And um, 1810 was my, the number of, my, of, the, of the house I was renting from. And the house, what it really uh, resembled was like a safe haven for people to come hang out. We would, I would have barbecues every Saturday and every single Sunday when we first moved in in the summer. And if you guys know anything about Fast and Furious, Dominic Toretto, he kind of instills that family oriented style amongst your friends. So that's kind of how it came about. And I actually had help with the name of the business. My boss and one of my friends was like, you should, you should spell it 1-A-T-E-N. And I was like, 1810. I was like, that makes sense. I had 1810 spelled out, but I was like, it doesn't sound right. But I didn't think of it like that, how they did. So that's how the name came about. But it's just the house that we lived in, but the house was just all our, all of our friends would come. If they're going through stuff, they can come out to the house. They can hang out because they know it's a safe place. And that, you know, it's just where 
if you step in my house, we consider you family. That's that's just the type of that's how I was raised, and that's how I would continue, you know, push forward and doing amongst my friends. And you know, it's just looking out for one another. That's how the name honestly came about. It was just it kind of just hit in the head right there. You know, it's just nice. 1810 Media. When when you work with 1810 Media, we want to give you not the client aspect. We understand that you know clients to clients, but I used to work at a bar and I learned very quickly that hmm. the hospitality side and stuff. And I was a server at Amsterdam and I treated, you know, a lot of the people who would sit in my section to, you know, come in buy drinks and food. I would treat them like family, you know, especially if they're regulars, you know, it's people mm-hmm. that I like to co- connect with. I like to network with, you know, and I learned that quick and then i'm trying to instill that into 1810 media so we work with 1810 media we want you to feel like family you know i would love to invite you to barbecues i would love to do this i would love to do that because at the end of the day money is just a piece of paper i love interactions with people oh sorry i, I was just gonna say Jarrell, like that's we had worked together for maybe a month and had just several meetings you know through phone and zoom or whatever when i finally asked you why it was called 1810 media and so when you shared that story i was like of course like i am like living witness you know mission accomplished <laughs> nice yeah that does fit the ethic of the series in general i feel like so that's pretty awesome oh, okay. i mean a, a very you know symbiotic kind of relationship here and that's that's um what we hope to cultivate moving forward you know obviously too so maybe i will go into a little bit of a season two the vision for season two and we're hoping to by the way with i love the, the notion of like these these role models and leaders you know obviously at the core but the fact you brought that up um or emphasize it all the more jarell is awesome and ideally as we get people vaccinated and healthy and back to you know having things like story for it and tree for it um we were planning to have live events, you know, with some of these leaders um, who are involved in season one, the movie into season two. We can, we can talk about it in a second, but it'd be really great to have the, I think, and we haven't really even talked about it that much, but have some of these people involved in season one eventually go back into the schools, you know, to actually meet some of these kids who've seen them on the screen. And yeah. kind of, I mean, just kind of doing the thing like you're talking about, Jarrell, just you know, being those influences, role models, like actually getting to see them in the flesh and blood will be pretty, pretty awesome too, I think in the future. But yeah, maybe like season two, we're thinking of skewing it a little older, maybe junior high and high school. But what are you guys thinking, Jenny and Terrell? Obviously the different readers that we have, everybody has different messages. For example, Sonia, right? Yes. Your background and the way, you know, the obstacles that you went through, a lot of people that might be Hispanic, they might be black, whatever the case is, they might really use that as inspiration because they might not get that at home. So if they see it with you and your message really talks to them at a, at a, at a young age, but they understand it and you inspire them, you, know, you motivate them. I think that as a reader is the most important thing the aspect that we're doing with turning pages because growing up myself, it was only basketball or music that people really made it out and not saying people didn't school. Wasn't the, the way, but where I grew up at in the inner city, it was a lot of people didn't really understand the difference between a career and a job. But my brother instilled that 
into me. It was like, hey, you don't want a job, get a career. A job means you might have to bounce back and forth. A career means you can sit tight and, you know, and then, and then just move your pedals forward. Um, so I think with the readers is the biggest thing because I used to be a teacher's aide for my former third grade teacher. And when I was in high school, if I had time to make it to the elementary school before three o'clock, I would go there, help the kindergarten students, the third grade students. And it's just, it frustrated me because a lot of these kids in the inner city, they don't get that help at home. They don't get that inspiration. They don't have that role models. So I think turning pages out here, and if it can grow, you know, obviously state by state and the message to grow a little bit bigger, I, I think that is huge. It's just letting people know like, hey, you have role models with, within your grasp and their message isn't too far off. If you want to do something, look at their message. They went through obstacles, might be the same, might be different, but they got the job done and they're, and they're a resource for people to, to, to reach out to for advice and, and a sense of direction. So I think with season two, if we're going to uh, navigate towards junior high and high school, I think it's more on that um, that role model leadership role. And as we spoke about before, kind of getting them set for the future as far as things that schools don't teach the kids. Hmm. Wow, powerful. Yeah. yeah. Because I think season two should be propelling kids into the future and then navigating them into the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the throes of like getting a, like a group together to kind of help kind of steer that season two. But yeah, that, that's awesome to have, you know, some, it'll be cool. Maybe Jarrell to have you on the other side of the camera for one of these. I think that would be pretty, yeah, there you pretty go. fantastic. So I did not know you were a teacher's aide. That is good to know, Jarrell. <laughs> so, I, I, so it's, it's my former third grade teacher. My name is Sandra Cabral and she's like my second mom. I would always go and help her. And a lot of the issues that I see is that it's just when these kids go home, a lot of them just they don't have that. The, uh, the role models at home and it kind of it, it really does frustrate me because which is which is why I want to do a lot with kids in, in the future. I think this is turning pages is, is really good because it gives a lot of kids a, 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 a different a different insight instead of just seeing celebrities and, you know, like musicians and all these people just speak their story you know yeah. if you can you can meet somebody at the local level you know who you can actually probably you know get some advice from and stuff like that who can who might actually inspire you maybe just a little bit more than you know uh, maybe a celebrity just because you have that reach to, to speak to them to ask them questions to get advice hmm. yeah and, you know, as we as we think, you know, as we begin to dream about, um, you know, season two and, and just some of the themes, Jarrell, that that you're that you're speaking to, um, I think we also want to draw the circle wider as far as the team goes, the development team and include teachers of that age group, because, of course, we want. We want this to be, um, you know, usable in the classroom, you know, something that is accessible for junior high and high school teachers. And, you know, we won't know unless uh, we invite them into the conversation as well. So that'll be an important part of, of season two is to kind of cast this vision, but then really get an understanding of 
what you know what literature and what what are some of the barriers that high school teachers are finding that we might be able to encompass in a turning pages episode from one of our leaders so absolutely and yeah i mean as we kind of get towards the end of our conversation you know for this podcast um I do think, it, I mean, this is going to air. We're recording this a couple of weeks before it's going to air, but it's going to air at the end of March. Um, but that said, we move into April and May to roll out the rest of the season. And it's like, it's right now, it's been an every other week, you know, sort of in the classroom or it's released every other week and the people can access it through the YouTube channel. We'll have all that in our notes for the intro and the outro. So you guys can find the YouTube channel. But we wanted to get. We ended up wanting to get everybody into the season one, who's already filmed their sort of stuff. So we have. Um, it's going to be a bit of rapid fire once we hit April. And you know, Jenny, I don't know if you want to address um, if a teacher's listening or an administrator. You know, sort of what's the best way to sort of access this stuff, or kind of how you. I mean, and what to expect as the season finishes up in in May and all that um, in April and May, I should say, kind of how to view this sucker as we roll out through the rest of the season um, on a weekly basis. And then how yeah. much you can actually go back to um, in the start of the school year in the fall or through the summer for like homeschool kids or kids that are working you know, remotely these days and all that. So yep. all, of, those all of it, yeah. all of it. I mean, you, you, you just named it. I mean, it's going to be rapid fire. And uh, I, I give such huge credit to teachers who are trying to implement this right now. I mean, they've got so much on their plate uh, and yet they're still making space for this new series to be part of their classroom and part of their teaching. So um, I do know that because this will be completed by the end of May, as in, you know, episodes launched, it's now there as a resource. So it's, it's available in the fall, it's available next spring. I mean, it's available anytime a teacher wants to use this as part of a, you know, after lunch read aloud or whatever the case may be, as we were mentioning earlier, ideally we'll get some of these leaders to be able to come into the classrooms or into a school assembly and, you know, you know present from there. But um, the other really unique opportunity that we've just uh, realized is that, um, we have been asked by the PBS online education resources called PBS Learning Media to allow these videos and art lessons to be housed on that platform. So that means any teacher throughout Idaho can access the episodes and the art lessons and the discussion questions and all the associated materials. So that's pretty cool that this ripple effect will be out um, throughout the, you know, the rural areas of Idaho or you name it, that teachers will be able to access this. And I believe it's nationwide as well, but I'm not, I'm not positive on um, how anybody can access the, um, the online resources. But yeah, once, once this has been completely released, it's there. It's there as a resource for everyone. Of course, it's free. It's on YouTube. Um, so that'll be that'll be an exciting next step for anybody that didn't get a chance to utilize the curriculum as it was being rolled out this spring. They can surely access it in the summertime and fall and you, you know, you name it. Cool. Uh, Jenny, yeah, well, did, you get, did you get somebody to help you with the curriculum? How did that come about? So the curriculum, as far as the discussion questions go, so I am writing the discussion questions for now. Okay. Uh, 
And then Wendy Blickenstaff is writing the lesson plans. Okay. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, all of this grassroots, we're all just like finding our way and trying to make sure we um, cover as many bases as we can. But for uh, Turning Pages Season 2, I would love to deepen and broaden the team. Uh, so that's that's going to be forthcoming for sure. All right on. Well, as we yeah, we kind of round out the the time we have. Um, maybe quickly, Jarrell, like a couple new projects, real quick, and then maybe where to find out more about 1810 Media and what you're up to. Within the next few months, and hopefully over the course of the next year or so, um, I'm gonna break down 1810 Media into different segments. Right now, I have two that people know about. It's the media page, and it's my studio page where. Anything shot in my studio, I'm going to start posting it. And then everything on my media page, basically, I'm going to post whether it's pictures, projects, and just stuff that we might just create for fun. But one project that I am going to be working on thoroughly over the next few months is going to be called 1810 Culture. And I'm going to use that to promote heavily on a lot of black owned business and what i'll do is i'll promote i will promote either either in black models and black creators story writers you know directors whoever it is i want them to be able to be like well i want to use this platform because i want to allow people to grow you know within themselves and if they don't have a platform in their own i want to allow them to use mine um and I'm all for helping people out and all the people that know, you know, how, who I am and how I work, you know, it's, it's, it's night and day that, you know, I always love to take care of, you know, the people who always take care of me. So the page is going to be specifically to help promote black business, whether it's, like I said, models, writers and everything. Um, I am working on some projects uh, as far as working on trying to get some restaurant businesses um, under our belt and a few other um, companies locally. I want to grow 1810 Media locally um, so that way um, as we grow and expand, let's say to another city, our local um, following is kind of propelling us to move forward as far as people see the stuff that you know we create and it's and as long as it's I'm hoping, you know, as long as we're doing a great job, you know, the work will take care of itself. Yep. Nice. Well, that's a good way to kind of segue out and say you've done a great job. Season one is all, as they say, I think they still say this is in the can. I don't know. I don't know if there's a can anymore, but there's, you know, there's, it's on video file somewhere and it's all getting edited and moving forward but yeah it looks fantastic um jenny's awesome work as well thank you all for coming on and we'll just kind of you know head out of this episode with the full version of turning pages the spoken word piece by david maxwell aka 11 and jason d who laid down the beats and david wrote this as an original piece We stem from simple memorization, memories of the epic odysseys that allowed the blind to see and freely roam, aspirations of a hero's return home, pictures painted, whether full of truth or slightly fabricated, haunted 
by mystery and a dream. The scheme to reveal a message, a moral learned, a coral serene. Large enough to leave a mark on the hearts of those who open their ears to hear the underlying theme. Inspiration. A foundation still important today. The process of sharing words strung together that help point out the way. The many voices within each page. The relationship between character and reader. Storyteller, narrator, business owner to a teacher, musician, filmmaker, politicians, and a variety of leaders. Breeding braids and waves that weave tells, web together to connect a community. Pages one by one are turning in unity. Over years from parchment and scroll to a bind, we find new enlightenment from the old. A gift from a mere book, soup that warms the soul, or an impact on a mind that seeks purpose, a ripple from a pebble that dives under the surface. From off the shelf, we carry a compass, the blueprint of navigation to our circumference. With wisdom at the steering wheel, we will always feel accomplished. Peel back the cover, discover the scent of borrowed time, turn pages from the past that resonate with you today, turn pages today that create an escape within your mind, turn pages that express a treasure within your tomorrow, turn pages that hold a future for you to follow. We are turning pages. Okay, everyone, that was Turning Pages, a whole discussion with Jenny Hurst, Jarrell Benitez, Sonia Rosario. We talked about some Ty Simpson, some David Maxwell, some Joe Davidson, and uh, some 1810 Media Productions who put this whole thing together on the film. And you can find us, this production, at YouTube, where we are found under Turning Pages Storyfort or Turning Pages Boise. If you just search that. And hey, we hope you're doing well. Find us again next week. And hey, in September, and then again next March, we shall see you at the fest. Go get your tickets. TreefortMusicFest.com. Lots still available. It's going to be fun. Tomorrow never came